Do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. You're listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. water, right? <laughs> it absolutely is. <laughs> okay. I'm sure it's it is. It's a little early in the day even for me to start drinking something that ain't water or coffee or tea. Oh, I know. You know, I begin to think that coffee and tea is just as harmful as uh, beer because of the caffeine and the sugar. And that's just awful because uh, I love both things. My mother and grandmother both used black tea as a, a stomach comforter. When your stomach would get upset, they'd give you, they'd tell you to sip on a little bit of black tea or room temperature seven up. <laughs> oh yeah, seven up for sure. I remember that. But you know, what happens to me is I get a little bit of a sour stomach when I'm writing. I uh, I drink black tea. That's all. But I drink I drink a ton of black tea and long about four or five o'clock when it's time to start supper my stomach is like what have you been drinking all day did you did you have any water oh yes i did but it had a big old tea bag floating in it and it was just as black as ace of spades because i let it get really really strong and your head's about to twist off your shoulders from the caffeine it's wild it's just wild i love it though i got some of my favorite tea today was on Really? At the Hopi. The Hopi. What's your favorite tea? Uh, PG Tips. I should have known. I should have known that. You know, there's tons of PG down there at the farm. That's some very good tea. And uh, you know what I like about that tea is that it doesn't have a string and a tag on the. No, it just you you just throw that little old triangular bag in there and put on the boiling water. Yeah, and it's good consistently. It's the yummiest. Yep. It it is it is. So what are you going to have for supper tonight? Speaking of food and tea and stuff. Well, I may go ahead and fry up the rest of these uh, dandelion greens. I I did a pork roast on Sunday, and uh, I don't know how this happens, but half of it got done, and the other half didn't get quite done. Uh. So I cut it in half. And I served the part that was done because you don't want to eat it under. Uh, it's not quite cooked pork roast. This right. is never pork tartare. Yes, not a good plan. No. Uh, pork sushi. No. Oh. no. Step away. <laughs> so I cooked it. Then Monday, I, I cooked the rest of that little piece. So I've got plenty of uh, really juicy pork roast. Or, 
maybe some little bitty potatoes with uh, parsley and butter Ooh. and some dandelion greens. It'll be yummy. Little bitty potatoes. We call them new potatoes. And you're new right. Potatoes. Little parsley, a little butter. Mm. Yeah, I think that'll taste pretty good. Oh, yeah. It's good eating time of year is happening. Golly, isn't that the truth of it? Yes, of course. When is it not? If you're a, if you're well, a good cook, any time of year you can have good food. That's right. And if you are somebody who is also a good eater, I say that in one of my books, I am what is known around these parts as a good eater, <laughs> which means you'll eat just anything. And I will just about <laughs> eat just anything. You've seen that Facebook thing, self-test, where it's how high maintenance are you? And it's... It's got about 50 foods listed, and you get a point for every food that you won't eat. And then it tells you at the end of it how high maintenance you are, which I generally never do those things, okay? I never do them, but I always look at them. Well, if it's about eating weird stuff or have you ever been arrested yeah. or got a tattoo, I always, I mean, I never do those officially, but I always go through and do them kind of in my head. Me too. Yeah. And the whole... The high-maintenance eating thing is, you know, give yourself a point for the stuff you won't eat. Are you a picky eater? It's like, no, ma'am, I'm not. I've eaten every damn thing on this list, and I love it, and I would eat it again right now. Oh. Well, except for maybe the pork brains. Oh, I that, yeah. I don't know that I'd eat those again. I haven't eaten those in a long, long time. Oh, I don't like them. I don't like the texture. It just is bleh. If I had to, if I had a choice of that or something else, I probably would pick the something else. But I can remember eating uh, pork brain and scrambled eggs with some white, yep. white toast. Yes. Oh, yummy! Oh, yes. I ate it up. And that you know, I was, kid, I was always hungry, so I, just, I would just eat anything. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they used to serve that over at Hot Shot Cafe? Uh, years and years ago. And Happy Hill Boy, Restaurant. I miss that place. Gosh, I miss that place. I know, I do too. And Happy Hill Restaurant. Remember that well, place? Still, Happy Hill is still around. You mean on Patton Avenue? Yeah, but it's not the same. <laughs> it's definitely well, not the same. Well, I gotta I got be honest, I'm not eating there in many a year. When my daughter was in uh, middle school in West Asheville. Yeah? I used to go there sometimes um, at for uh, late breakfast with some of the other mommies. Yes. We didn't have to work on a particular day. Kinda it was all right. I mean, it was like blue plate special stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. It was no hot shot cafe, though. <laughs> no, but part of the hot shot cafe's charm, if we can call it charm, was the uh, staff, was the wait mm -hmm. staff and the cooks, mm -hmm. and also the other clientele. <laughs> uh, yes. And wasn't it also open 24-7 for a while? Oh, yes, it was. Absolutely. And they would give you biscuits and gravy at 3 o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. anytime. Biscuits and gravy uh -huh. was, that was their specialty. Well, it, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. oh, Gosh, now I want to have biscuits and gravy for supper. <laughs> Well, that is exactly what I'd like to have, too. But I don't think I will. I'm not sure what I'm going to have. I got, I got to tell this on myself because, you know, I'm so uh, arrogant. Let's just say it like it is. I'm so arrogant about my biscuit-making ability. I'm a good biscuit-maker. And Sunday morning, the kids were up here this weekend. And Sunday morning, I was dog-tired. I've been just 
cooking and going for days, it felt like. And I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up and just make some biscuits and fry up some bacon, and that'll be good because we're having a big supper, you know, big lunch in the afternoon. Yeah. So um, I fried, was frying up the bacon, and I got out all the stuff to make the biscuits, and got it all, and, and got the buttermilk in it, everything, and started kneading it, kneading mm-hmm. the, uh, the fat into the flour. Mm-hmm. I thought, this didn't feel right. There's something wrong with this. What's wrong with it? Well, I'd use plain flour. Oh. Plain flour. I never use plain flour for biscuits. So then I had to go in and try to add in some salt and bacon powder, a little bit of baking soda, more buttermilk to try to get raising <laughs> agents in there so it wouldn't just be little tiny hockey pups. Yeah. So, um, How'd they turn know, out? They, they were not my best biscuits, but they were not terrible. We ate them. Well, yeah, I guess you did. But they were not nearly so light as mm. I would have liked. Mm. Oh, and I'd also put in some really good, just a little scant handful of uh, grated cheese. Oh. Or I would have just thrown it all out, except I'd already put in the cheese and the um, fat. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I don't want to waste that. So it was crazy. So yeah. that's the story I'm telling on myself about, you know, you're such a, such a wise acre about how good you are making biscuits. Well, you know... Low, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yes. Well, you notice I'm not even going to contribute to that because I can't. I can eat biscuits and I can make them, but I'm not consistent in making them. I, n- I, I rarely, rarely, rarely in my life have made biscuits. And so I'm just not real good at it. Now, my mom can slap some biscuits in the oven and, and they're just perfect. Yeah, every time, but yeah, I can't. I was, however, a pretty good biscuit maker at Hardy's for a while. I didn't know you worked at Hardy's. Yes, I did when I was very young. Uh, and I worked there, gosh, not for very long because it made me mad about a schedule situation. And, you know, when you're 17 years old, you don't care about quitting a job. I'm just no, saying. you really don't. <laughs> I'm just saying I wasn't anyway. I know a lot of 17-year-olds are a lot more responsible than that. But, hey, it was Def Leppard and White Lion. And I had asked them and asked them and asked them if I could have these days off. And finally, they, you know, the schedule came out after I had repeatedly asked them. And there was no reason for them to not give me the time off other than the person in charge of the schedule was a little ass and on a power trip and you know how that gets sometimes in these jobs somebody you wouldn't expect will just go on a power trip and I just said nope I'm not not gonna I'm not gonna be there I'm just telling you now I'm not gonna be there and I wasn't (laughs) did not regret it So, I want to shout out to Sonia. Thank you for sending me the photos of the morel that your husband found. That thing was huge. It was almost the size of a Coke can. I mean, giant. I think they're up somewhere in Kentucky. And so, that gives me hope. I know Mr. Selby went out and found some without me this morning. Oh, no. Yeah, it's all right. I told him 
that I couldn't go. Yeah, it is, but it isn't. You know, I told I told him to go on because I had some stuff to do, and all I'm going to ask is for him to bring me half of them now. <laughs> yeah. So you know, foraging. They call it foraging now, and I guess maybe they always did. I had never heard that term, though, until I guess probably the late 90s is when I heard that term. But were you aware when you were coming up of certain people in the community who were the ones who would go out in the woods and go and just find the food and find the things? Well, I, I guess there were certain people. It seemed like like there were people that they were all about the mushrooms and they would be out doing the mushroom hunting. Mm -hmm. And other people would be, you know, spring greens. So it was like people had their specialties about the things they really, and I imagine it's because those are the things they really like to eat. So they went out looking for them. But yeah, I mean, people, and it was the same thing with hunters. You know, there were hunters who were all about squirrel seeds. Well, it was always squirrel season, mm -hmm. but there were hunters that were about deer season. There were hunters that were about bear season. And then later on, there were hunters that were all about wild boar. The boar season. Because that was like pitting their manhood against the <laughs> ultimate manhood of nature. <laughs> yeah. So I think it, it all has to do with, you know, did you love to eat it? Then you went out and got it. I guess so. I... I we always had people in my family who would go out in the woods and find, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it was, and then resell it. And so they kind of made a living doing that. And, oh, yeah. I, and I've made a lot of money. Well, you know, for me, I've made consistent money selling, reselling morel mushrooms uh -huh. and some other things through the years. Some of it I won't hunt anymore. Reality TV yeah. has ruined, uh, has ruined ginseng, and that's a shame. Oh, and I, I need to give a shout out. And he obviously he won't hear it because he died a couple of days ago. But there's this wonderful man named Chester. His uh, Facebook page was American Ginseng and Granny. Oh, and he would post these wonderful. Well, let's coffee up and get on it. And he, you know, he taught me everything. I have ever known about growing sang and using sang and um, and he had a heart attack and died a couple of days ago oh, so right. you know long long may his reputation be yeah. and now he is coffeeed up in the very best way oh yeah wow he's a good guy we need people we need more people like him in the world if we're going to save ginseng in western north carolina the time to do it is yesterday oh yeah last yeah. year it's it's really really getting sparse now and i have a problem with the reality shows that glamorized it and i know they're just doing what they need to do well and ramps is going the same damn way oh i don't even want to think oh, about let's that. go dig some ramps oh and the problem with ramps is they're so easy to spot yeah yeah, speaking of, your, dig up a whole dang clump. your ramps have been eaten, I guess, by some either rabbits or deer or something. Because I saw them starting to come up, 
And then I went out and I looked for them today and I looked everywhere and I couldn't find them anywhere. So, I don't well, think that that freeze got them because they're pretty hardy. No, it wouldn't have. Because my, my wraps here were fine. I cut the tops off of them today. Well, these I did not see unless I'm just, I don't know, maybe I forgot what ramps look like, but I doubt it. So, ramps, <laughs> when you, you know, when you say ramps, I wonder how many people have heard of a ramp festival. Well, see, and then people do these damn ramp festivals. And they <laughs> go out in the woods and dig up all these ramps. So, all these out-of-towners and whatever city people can come and eat them a big mess of ramps. Well, stop it. Just stop it. Unless you're growing it on your land and harvesting it off your land. Well, I kind of get that because I don't, I don't go to some other state and hunt their forest and eat it and leave. <laughs> you know, but we've yeah. got a lot of that around here. Not only that, but from what I understand, you can get your butt shot readily nowadays. Now, that's always kind of been a, a, a urban country legend or whatever you want to call it, that you got to be careful in the woods around here because you'll get your ass shot. But I'm truly hearing a lot of that nowadays, that the foragers are, they are just sort of getting a little bit nervous. I don't know why that is. I, I'm just not in tune enough with that underground, I guess, to know. But I, I do remember the ramp festivals. We had one in Robbinsville every year. They may still have it. Back then, it was just townsfolk. And we yes. didn't have a bunch of tourists coming in. And I want to say it was the volunteer fire department would raise money every year by putting on the ramp festival. And yeah. so they'd go out and everybody would, would from town would come in and there would be a great big giant mess of catfish. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you eat catfish and cornbread and ramps and sweet tea. Uh -huh. That's the southern way to eat ramps right there. Uh -huh. And then there'd be some square dancing and all of that stuff into the night. And at the end of the night, everybody would have enough ramps. And I believe they had it on a Friday evening, maybe. I know it wasn't on a school night. And there was a lot of jokes about the fact that they didn't want the kids and everybody going back to school smelling like ramps. <laughs> Ramps are pungent. Yes. They have a reputation for that. That's the thing I remember about ramps, was that they had a reputation for being so smelly and pungent that if you ate ramps, that you needed to not go on a date for a couple of days. You didn't want to be around uh, people you were trying to impress for a couple of days because the ramps would stay on you until they work their way out of your body. And there's a, uh, the legend that my mother has told me of the time when school got out. They, because they had radiators heating the school, and um, I think my dad and maybe somebody else rubbed ramps all over the radiators. And it smelled so bad that they had to let school out. So, <laughs> so, so I, I grew up with a healthy respect for ramps and what they'll do to your breath and everything but it wasn't it wasn't enough to keep me from eating them oh my gosh well and i was i was kind of nice today with these uh, dandelion greens as i put 
have bacon grease, which already is a strong flavor, and uh, spring onions and ramp top. Mm. But I did not add garlic. Wasn't that good of me? Well. I thought that was good. <laughs> but I, I ain't going to see nobody. I mean, I might see my young on Saturday. She may come up here Saturday. She hadn't decided yet. But, you know, by then it'll, it will wear off. I'll floss and brush, I yeah. promise. <laughs> I know, and and but I ain't around nobody. It doesn't matter. Well, and I, I just have never really. I, I'm I'm sure that it's true about the way they smell and everything, but I never really noticed it. And I was around it all the time. I've hunted ramps many, many times, many times. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've eaten them about that many times too. So, what makes me think I need to go out to farmers market and buy some ramps? Hmm. Well, yeah. this. Uh, I mean, I ate the tops off these, but I'm not gonna dig the bulb, you know. Well, we're going to Dark Moon, so you got planting time. I got a few more days of planting yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be. That might be a good idea. Gee, I think I'm gonna do that tomorrow. I'm gonna put it. I got me a little old list over here. I'm gonna oh, put that on my little ramps. old list. Get you some ramps. This yeah, area here. Eat some and plant some. Absolutely. This area here would be a good place for squash too, but squash oh, is kind of messy if you can't. People in your damn squash. Do. Squash takes up too much room, <laughs> and there's too much of it, and everybody grows squash. So I just wait to hear from somebody who's like, "Dear God, do you want yellow squash or green squash? Because I'll give you." <laughs> Squash. How much squash you want? I know, and, and I they grow squash. so well here. Gosh, it the squashes. Really does. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that time of year. Everybody's sort of itching to start putting stuff in the ground. Yeah, oh. it's true. It's so true. Yeah. I'm ready to get out and go find some stuff out in the woods that I didn't have to plant. So, y'all, if you like those white oyster mushrooms, Go look yeah, under your elm here. trees. Ooh, and we not got a lot of elm trees left either. Yeah, I know. Well, and you can find them under other trees, too. You can find them under oak. You can find them under ash. Yeah. Yes. I've just got to the place, Alicia, where just so much stuff is failing. So much stuff is disappearing. It's like it's, it's turning into mist and going away. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, I, I break my heart over it all the time, but I, there's not a damn thing I can do about any of it. And so I just, I find myself going, you know what, I'm going to love this as much as I can while I have it. Yeah, that's all I'll you can do. That, whatever that thing is that I'm never going to get to mm -hmm. eat again, maybe. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, go hunting for those mushrooms under the trees that we'll never see again. That's right. I'm just trying to really honor it and love it. Yeah, it's the best thing can. you can do. And I wonder, because I go through the same thing all the time. Every time I get in a car and drive through town, or oh, drive oh. anywhere, it oh. just, it just, it's like smacking me in the face. And I wonder if every generation has said that. I'm sure. I guess. I'm sure of it. But it seems like it's so dire right now. Well, I mean, with Asheville, it's just that everything about it has changed. It's always been a tourist town. Yeah. Since the planters were coming up here to escape the summer mm. heat, it's been a place people came to. That's true. They cool, and it was pretty, and, and whatever else, but it, it is just too much. There's too much change. 
and too much change for the wrong reasons. Right, exactly. So this this mess that's trying to happen over here on the other side of the river at Woodpin, that's just pure tea greed. It's all it is. Oh, yeah. Because the people doing that project don't need that damn money. But what they want to do is just, you know, put their fingerprint on the land in a way that is so incredibly destructive. Yeah, and they're going to have a legacy. But I don't think that they see it. I don't think that they see it. Same thing's going on on Charlotte Street. And forgive me, all of y'all who don't live around here, because this doesn't mean a, a thing to you except maybe something is happening similar where you are. But on Charlotte Street, they're talking about knocking down a bunch of historic houses and putting in, you know, some... I don't even know how... It's condos and apartments and... And, you know, there's retail below and, and living above crap, and it just looks like every other damn city. Oh, yeah, you know? multi-use, multi-use yes, dwellings. multi-use, thank you. Um, and other people have come in and designed it so that, so that that neighborhood doesn't lose the trees and doesn't lose all those homes. But, but that's going to cost too much money. That's not going to give us a big enough profit margin. Well, you know what I'd like to do is tie those people to those big old trees over there and throw rocks at them. That's what I'd like to do. <laughs> well, and you're being nice today. Like you're being nice today because I know what you'd really like to do to them. I know, and I'm not going to say it. Uh -uh. I, did a, I recorded a podcast with my friend Nikki yesterday, and she said something about, well, have you heard about that law, that anti-abortion thing in South Carolina? And I just went off for like seven <laughs> solid minutes about how about how women are not treated fairly because we're not seen as violent enough and dangerous enough. And all it takes is a group of women to blow some damn shit up, and then maybe they'll pay attention to it. <laughs> and, I mean, I just went on. You know me. I just went on and on and on. And then when I stopped, I looked at her face, and her mouth was open a little bit, and her eyes were real big. She said, well, well, you... You certainly were fired up about that. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> yeah, don't mince words, Byron. How do you really feel? <laughs> it's funny. I, I say this all the time. Nobody believes it. For years and years and years, because I'm a Pisces, I, I could tell you the difference in two or three things, but I couldn't tell you which one was better. So I consistently did not have opinions about things because it was like, well, I mean, this could work. Well, that thing there could work. Well, this thing over here, that might be fine, too. For years, like until my daughter was born, so into my 30s. And then suddenly I got this sense of, oh, I can tell which I like better. I can, and I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> so, you know, I really, it's half my life I didn't even know. I, know. I couldn't even tell. And now I can tell, it's, and I'm not, and I can tell. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. I know, I know what you're saying. I do. You know, I've got a friend who was a brilliant businesswoman, and she's retired now, and she's her mind is slightly wonky, and part of the reason for that is because she had a very traumatic breakup and divorce. She came out of it just you know, not really her old self at all. And she got lectured and dropped by all of her friends because she said what she thought about this ex-husband and his family. And they were all scandalized. Now, it's pretty rough. 
what she wanted. Okay, it's she didn't mince well. words, did she? She did not. And, and But I couldn't believe the people who had been friends and associates of hers for, you know, decades, as long as I had known her, who just uh, went away. They didn't want to hear her opinion about the way that she had been treated. Nobody listened to her. They just assume that she's crazy. And she is crazy, okay? <laughs> and she was mad. And she was so mad that she was talking crazy mad stuff. But I have to tell you, she was treated badly. And I would have been mad too. And all those people told her not to be mad. That wasn't Christian. That's not the right thing to do. You can't fill yourself with anger. That's terrible. You don't want to live like that. I just thought, well, damn, she needs to get this out of her system and be mad for a while. Because well, that, I mean, oh, it makes me mad. Well, you just got to forgive, turn the other cheek, all that stuff. <laughs> uh, maybe for some people that works, and yeah. I'm not going to judge about that, because for some people that's the only way they can do it. Right. But sometimes those things stay inside of you like a poison. Mm -hmm. And because you can't get any justice or relief from that, then it just eats you up inside. Because forgiveness can't just be saying, I forgive you. It has to be this huge process of really just letting it all go. And that's why I tell people, I mean, some of my tarot clients, and I've said it to friends too, there's some things that are unforgivable, and you don't, you don't have any, any need to forgive somebody for doing that to you. Let it go, but don't forgive them, just let it go. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he, he was awful or she was awful and ruined my life. And I had to build it back piece by piece. Mm -hmm. And no, I don't forgive you for that. I don't care what happened to you when you were a kid. Yeah. Done. I'm done with you. And if there's a way I can hurt you back, I will. <laughs> Maybe that last part isn't quite right, but you know what I mean. Well, that last part isn't politically correct. That's yeah. what the last part isn't. But what it is is an authentic, real feeling. And I understand. I do. There comes a place where you're done. I prefer to never get mad if I can keep myself from getting mad. But you there's do. a reason for that. Yeah. You don't ever. Me mad. Me mad is not a pretty sight. No, it's not. And well, we don't have to. And we don't. We generally don't spend much time doing stuff like that. But yeah, there's stuff that makes me mad. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to try and negate the feeling. I earn that feeling. I have, I'm justified in my feeling, and I get to have it. And it's times like that that what I don't need is someone to tell me to just let it go, just put it away, just, you know, I understand let it go and put it away. I do. But the thing that I appreciate about you is that you know the difference. You know when to tell somebody to put it away and when to say, well, I'll drive. You remember when I got so mad that time? I do. Oh, my gosh, I do. You said the exact right thing to me. I was, I was beyond mad. I was furious. And you didn't tell me not to be mad at all. You said, well, I'll drive. <laughs> yeah. Well, because sometimes what you need, and I feel bad about your friend that didn't get this, sometimes what you need is the people around you that love you to just listen. 
and let you get it all out. It's yeah. like when somebody holds your hair back while yeah. you're throwing up and you drink wine. You need those friends that will just sit with you and let you say what you need to say. And then when when you finish saying what you're going to say, then they say, well, what do you need from me? And not try to fix it. Just say to your friends, so what do you need? What do I'm you here. I'll, I'll do it, you know, within... Within a reason, I will do it. That is the best thing that you could ever say to somebody, honestly. When they're sick, when they're sad, what do you need? But then, in the South, we have a little problem, and I know you're going to lecture and point at me, but we have a little uh -huh. problem saying what we actually do need sometimes. <laughs> no, gosh, I, if I was to point at you, I'd be pointing, like they say, the three fingers back at oh. me. <laughs> um, because... Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm. I am pretty good about listening to people and saying, "What do you need?" But I'm not very good about saying, "This is what I need." I know. I know. Oh, listen to that helicopters. Uh oh. Are they Are they looking for uh, looking for marijuana down in the woods? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they look for that anymore, do they? I don't think they. I don't think they have time for it. I don't. <laughs> You know, the Asheville, the mayor of Asheville wrote a letter last year in the summertime when a lot of the unrest was first happening. Uh, excuse me, not the mayor of Asheville, I apologize, the chief of police. And it basically said, hey, just want to let y'all know that we're not going to actively pursue those of you who are smoking marijuana. Now, if you're dealing it, we're going to actively pursue, but if you're just smoking it we're not going to actively pursue it and i thought well that was just the weirdest damn statement ever why why did they say that for what 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 good did that do yeah exactly i'm not sure we jumped on a lot of bandwagons in the past in this city have you noticed that we do love a bandwagon <laughs> yes we do so well I don't know what to say now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm just avoiding talking about the Vance Monument, too. But we're going to move along. Well, bandwagon, bandwagon. And it's, oh, and I do feel it. Now, this is where my Pisces thing comes in handy. Okay. Because I, I always think of myself as a country person. But the reality is I've not lived in a rural setting in decades. But because I grew up rural, I think of myself always as rural. And sometimes the first thing will come out of my mouth is like, what do these damn city people know about any of this? Well, you know who's a damn city person? Me. <laughs> I, live, I live in the city. I've lived in the city for a long, long time. I mean, I, I like to also say I live in the neighborhood that my great-grandparents moved into when they moved from Haywood County to Buncombe County, I live in that same neighborhood. Oh. My daughter is the fifth generation of our family to live in this neighborhood. Wow. It's still, it's still a city neighborhood. Wow. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? That really is amazing. That's pretty, five generations, that's pretty yep. cool. Dagnabbit. Yep. And as far as the city comment, well, I, yeah, me, I live in the suburbs. I don't feel like a suburban woman at all. Well, and isn't that the thing now, like, especially in social media, where they will paint everybody with the same brush. It's like, well, 
those suburban people, you know how they are. No, you don't, because they are not all the same. They are not a monolith. No. Well, so suburban people, some of them are homesteaders. Some of them are people who have done white flight out of a, an inner city. Um, some are, are gentrifiers. I mean, there's all kinds of people that are that live in the suburbs. Did Did you like say that live in the city? Did Did you say white flight out of the out of the city? Yeah, I've never I heard that term before. Oh yeah, no. What I don't even know. Maybe it's not even used anymore. But it was what happened when um, when city areas became well, frankly, when they got more residents of color. And the white people who were there decided they needed to get out of the city, move to the suburbs. And what happened is that that took away money from schools. Oh. Um, and that money then went to suburban schools. Yeah, it's called white flight. It's not a pretty thing, and it's not something to be proud of. I've never heard that term before. I thought that the suburbs were basically a result of industry that that the suburbs were built around industry. Am I wrong about that? Oh, no. I think you're thinking about industrial corridors. Now, you know, I live right above the river in what was the old old industrial district. Yeah. But that's not necessarily... Now, the suburbs are just right outside the city limits. And it's... Well, sometimes it's within the city. Yeah. But it's outside the urban core. Yeah, yeah. We've, so we've watched it change... We've watched the yeah. city limits change, and the so we've watched the what's considered to be suburbia change through the years. It's not going to be long before even my mother is annexed into the city. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what can you say? We're big old city folk. We just don't feel like it. Ugh. You know, you you hear it, and it is a cliche. It's it's said a lot for a reason, though. And that is, it's a state of mind. So you started out country, country. It really is a state of mind. It has to do with the the ability to survive in certain situations, the ability to think outside of the box, because and there, do. and the ability to make do, and and the ability to solve problems. Now, a, not that other substrata of humanity doesn't they don't they all have their own good qualities and a lot of them are these but that's just Appalachian people are known to be that those independent kind of people and it's my understanding that a lot of us showed up uh, as far as the white folks that showed up or the the non-native American folks okay but it's my understanding that a lot of us were originally prisoners and in workhouses and uh, people who wanted to get away and they went to the farthest mountains that they could find in the area and that would have been the far mountains of western North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, people laugh. I tell the story of the Scots-Irish coming into the region and how that was and they just wanted to be left alone. Yeah. That's all. They just want to be left alone. And and we were. And yeah. and until rural electrification, we were. And by God, even now, if you're trying to get broadband out in one of those western counties, you're still too far out. <laughs> you're not kidding. God. You're not kidding. 
Well, they're, that, they're working on it, and it's getting better all the time, but geography prevents a lot of things in those western mountains. Always oh, yeah. has, including the broadband. Yeah. And, but we had a reputation for survivalists for a while. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I don't know if that's still a thing or not, but I know that that, that brand of people are still there in the hills. I'm sure of that. I know it. I know some of them. Oh, yeah. Well, Eric Rudolph, you know, he hid up here for God knows how long before they finally got him. Yeah. Now, he was a bad dude, but he was he was an, what they call an anti-hero because he had a cult following uh, around <laughs> he, he, here. He probably still does. Yeah, I'm sure he does. They, they well, might not, they awful. didn't like his crime, but they admired how he was able to outwit the FBI because he did it not just for a little while, but for years, years, he outwitted the FBI. And when they finally found him, you know, they found out that he was, he could look, he could look out of his little tarp there and see the building that the FBI had taken over to hunt him. And they yeah. they never found him in spite of heat-seeking cameras and dogs and you name it. They never found him. He outwitted all of them. And he knew the hills. He sure did. Yeah. Oh well, gosh. There's, there's places you can hide out, but you gotta get you gotta get far out. Have you ever heard the legend or story of people who live in the woods and never get out of the woods and never see civilization? Yeah, I wonder if any of that's true. I wonder, too. Imagine that there is the occasional person like that still around here. I imagine. But I would hear stories of families like that. Of course, I guess that's... Well, and there's... Maybe it was you was telling me about there's a Ballard family in maybe Henderson County that were well-known to be, and I've been Transylvania County, anyway, they were well-known to be witches. <laughs> and somebody said, are you part of those Ballards? And I went, well, no, that's not where the witchy comes in my family, comes on the other side, but golly, I'd love to meet some of those Ballards. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Said, my daddy always said we were all related because the good Lord didn't think enough of the Ballards to make more than one branch of them. <laughs> <laughs> Might be true. I don't know. It could be true. Much of me. I guess. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I never heard the word witch used. We, but they did have granny women. Have you ever heard that term? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, now they try to call it granny witchcraft and call them granny witches and whatever. But it has always been a practice that didn't have a name. Yeah. Now... What I've discovered in doing my research is that Baptists never use the word witch, never, except pejoratively. Some Methodists will use that word to describe the kind of uh, folkloric Scots-Irish stuff. Okay. Um, but, yeah, but mostly that word. If you, you want to find out from your older relatives, or what, were there any witches in the family, you don't ever use that word. You ask no. about, what's that that weird old-fashioned superstitious stuff that grandma used to do and then you'll hear all about it 
Yep. And uh, they, they'll tell you right up front that you can practice healing medicine out of the Bible. And that yeah. Granny did that. Granny did that. She knew how to do blah, blah, blah with some stump water, and she knew how to do blah, blah, blah. They'll tell you that right up front. And yeah. then, I, then if you keep letting them talk, then you'll start to hear the real stories come out. And yes. I've heard some. I've heard of a certain granny woman who took a mason jar that had some yellow stuff in it. Some, it was a liquid, whatever it was. And she gave it to this boy around the back of the barn where he met her at. And it, it cured him of, I've, I think, tuberculosis. Was wow. the, and it was a legend, you know, urban legend. But the person who told me this swore that she had seen it with her own eyes. Huh. That would have been a granny woman doing that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love how, in Robbinsville anyway, they had women doctors. I think that's so cool. Yeah, we had some women doctors even in old crazy Asheville. Yeah, well, they need to be recognized. Women need to be recognized as the healers that they are. And there just are not enough women doctors. No. Yeah. No. There's not enough women congressmen and congress people. There's not enough women presidents. (laughs) We need to be everywhere. There's enough women anywhere, as far as I'm concerned. That's it. But, you know, we, we're dealing with a series of systems that, are, that love keeping women out. We're also dealing with a series of systems that are failing right now, Don't, wouldn't you say? And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of transition going on in, uh, in the United States, for sure, and probably in the rest of the world, too. And we're dealing with a lot of that big change right now tower time stuff yep that's what that's all about it is it is well you got any you got any good advice for folks speaking of tower time uh well they could buy my book about tower time if they wanted to my advice is to actually live your life and not wait yeah and not wait for some pie in the sky time yeah just do it yeah just do it and, you know, love who you love and stop fighting with people over tiny points of protocol. Oh, God. Yes. God, I'm telling you, the pagan community will fight about anything. Well, you're not supposed to do that. Well, you should have told me that 40 years ago before I started doing it. Right. Because I sure sound like I'm going to stop it now. Where's the handbook for it? And yeah. why is there a damn handbook for it? Right. <laughs> and who said you were my boss? Because when I die on my tombstone, it is going to say, you are not the boss of me. No, it's not. I was about four years old. No. I've been saying that since they referred to me and said that I was mean as a striped ass thing. <laughs> I've been saying, you're not the boss of me. You ain't my boss. I have lived the, you ain't the boss of me life too. But you're not yeah. going to have a tombstone, are you? You're going to go to the medical farm. Or excuse yep, me, I'm you're going to go to the forensic farm. It, Yep, they put my body under a deciduous tree and see how the how the insects right. and critters like to eat it. Right. You need to get I you a really good t shirt and instruct them to let you wear the t shirt while your body is decomposing. <laughs> and just let it be something that'll really mess with them, you know. Oh 
I'm not part of this project. I'm here <laughs> illegally. <laughs> or else this is what my face used to look like. <laughs> Sorry, that's a really <laughs> macabre <laughs> thought. <laughs> oh, no. We done took a turn. <laughs> I love that. This is what I used to look like. Look. Huh. This is when I had hair, huh? Yeah, I've been trying to look. When I had skin, huh? Oh, that's funny. That really Well, but you know what? It's because it's it's just part of the process. It's not it's not I mean, honestly, I think everybody has a little bit of fear and trepidation about the thought if you get to that place where you're thinking about your own death. But uh, but the overwhelming feeling that I have about it is that, well, this is just natural. And so the thought of me uh, being in the ground and decomposing, that doesn't really bother me. The thought of me being in the ground and not decomposing because I'm filled up with formaldehyde and crap like that, that bothers me. Yeah, that's yeah. creepy. That's creepy to me. But well, the, and spending... Thousands and thousands of dollars for a beautiful wooden box lined with silk oh. to rest my head upon for all eternity. And then you put me in a concrete vault. Oh, that is just, ugh. Mm. What, do you think I'm the damn pharaoh? Well, and Let why would you want to be? Rock. Yeah, why would you want to keep the body around once you've shed it is the That's question. Right. That's what, and that's a me, you know. To me, that's the way I've always felt about it. I've always felt like it was just a bizarre thing, the whole, the burial rituals. And as a Southern female, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, we are exposed to the traditions that surround death. And there's so many protocols and traditions and things you should do and things you shouldn't do. And it's really such an important time, anyway that the whole that whole that whole industry the burial industry is a little bizarre to me well a, a friend of mine's mother is uh she's on hospice care now yeah and my my friend was asking do you know anything about the people at the Asheville alternative cremation and funeral that place down on the river i said oh yeah no they're good and she had gone to a local funeral home for somebody else's uh, arrangements. Mm -hmm. And she said it just was so weird because everything was quiet and it smelled, you know, funny. Not funny like dead bodies, but funny, funny like, like carnation. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that they sat her down and she just felt like she was being sold a bill of goods. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, you got to go see these people down there because we've, I've worked with them several times now and they are, they are good yeah. folks and they're not going to try to upsell you yeah. something you don't want. You tell them exactly what you want and they will do their best yeah. to make that happen for you yeah. and to make it so you can afford it. And that. That's really important as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't see this business of spending thousands and thousands of dollars on a funeral or a wedding for that matter. Me too. And that's my number one gripe about it is, is that because I've seen it happen. I've seen people in their time of grief getting preyed on by these unscrupulous folks who make it seem like, oh gosh, if you don't spend the extra three grand 
to put the coffin in the in the concrete vault and then there's going to be all kinds of rainwater that can get right up in that coffin and you just wouldn't want that would you and you know i just uh but but i want to say this uh, what well, it's a little harsh our opinion is about it in my opinion of the people who have buried lovingly buried and had funerals for the people that they love and their family or whoever did it for the right reasons i'm not putting them down I, I know they did it for the right reasons and i know that funerals are not for the dead anyway but for myself i don't want to be part of that well and and what my friend was saying i think a lot of people feel that way they feel just like you were saying too they feel like they are they're being sold something mm -hmm. that you didn't love your grandmother enough if you don't do xyz that somehow there is a judgment placed on you because you placed more value over money than you did you know the right kind of send off for whoever your beloved is yeah. but i've seen too many families go into serious debt yes to make sure that grandma, you know, had everything she had to have. And, you know, if that's your family tradition, like you, I guess, you know, if, if you're not going to feel good about it, unless you spend, you overspend, then uh, maybe you need to think about why you feel like you need to overspend. Did you not spend enough time with your grandma when she was alive and you feel guilty? Yeah. Or, you know, why, why do you feel like that's something that you need to do? Well... When people are in these deep stages of grief, too, they're, they're trying, they're feeling this being ripped away from them, this person that they loved. And, you know, I'm going to go back to the example of spend the extra three grand for the concrete vault, and then your loved one won't get rainwater in their coffin. And it's like, yeah. you know, they think, oh, I can't let my husband get wet. He wouldn't like that. And I know that's yeah. simplistic thinking, but that's how people think when they're in deep well, grief. And they're traumatized. A lot of yeah. people are traumatized at that point because because they've lost somebody that they love. Right. And yeah. if it's been a, either a traumatic death or one of those long, long endurance trials mm -hmm. of a death mm -hmm. where you have been tending somebody that you love so much, but you, you know, right now, you're kind of worn out from the tending. Yeah. And maybe you have thought some things you wish you hadn't thought about them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, yeah. And they just don't, you're not thinking right at that point because you're grieving and to be taken advantage of or to be sold, upsold. And it just, oh, oh, you don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. That's why if people can do it and prearrange everything and and prepay for it if you, you can know? yeah if that's what you want write it all down yeah and go down the funeral home and say this is what i want what's it going to cost and pay it off and yeah. be done with it and leave clear instructions for your family yeah so that you know what you want done now our beloved crone who lived in this community for so long she was very specific about what she wanted on her death but then she went to live with her daughter and i have no idea that she got what she wanted yeah. I don't have the least idea. In fact, I had heard about um, the the f 
funerary rites. Let me just, I'll call it that. Um, and it wasn't at all what she wanted. Wow. So you, so you can write it all down and pay for it and all that, but somebody can override you for yeah. sure. Well, I'm of the opinion that it, it just is not going to matter that much when I'm dead. I hope now that anybody who loves me and is around and dealing with it when I die, tell you right now, don't spend a bunch of money, don't have a big anything. And you're right, it's written down. And it, and it feels better to, to say that. But, but I also know that people want to show their love and, and all of that too. So I, got, I, I have nothing but a good opinion about the reason that people do that sometimes. And, and yeah, if you if you hear me mad about it, it's because I've been super mad about it. I witnessed it when my dad passed away, and my mother was that person that you just spoke about. She was exhausted and grieving, and did not need that sales pitch. No. And I certainly let them know it after, you know, in private, but. The fact had had I not been there, you know, and they said it anyway. Yeah. I mean, they said it before I could do anything about it. I didn't know they were gonna, and I don't know to this day. I don't know how she feels about what they said, if she even remembers it. She may not even remember it, you know. But I know she spent some good money on his funeral. And she wanted him. She wanted to do, and this is air quotes, to do right by him. Yes. So that's what you have to figure out: is what does that mean to do right by somebody? Yeah. I guess. Well, how did we get on that subject on a day like this? Know. It is literally eighty degrees outside. It's a beautiful day. I just have a belly full of dandelion greens. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, yeah. It's all good. So did you, did you, what oil did you put with your dandelion greens? I'm just curious. No, Baking grease. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just checking. I, I thought if there was not enough bacon grease, then I would uh, add a little um, olive oil. Mm -hmm. But there was enough. There Eesh. was plenty enough. You know, you can take the bacon grease and now don't laugh. I've tried it and it is super good. If you're making a salad or making greens and using ba hot bacon grease, you can add some mustard to it. Oh, yeah, that'd be yummy. And it just brings out the flavor of the greens. Dandelion greens have such a, a clean taste anyway. Very greenish. Miss Byron, I think I'm going to let yeah. you go. And one last thing, the groundhog, we've, up until today, we saw no, no sign of a groundhog here. I believe I have seen some, a little bit of digging today. So, but it's been days. There was, it was like six or seven days without one. So that's good. Yep. Well, uh, go take care of all the stuff, millions of things that you got to do. Well, what I'm going to do right now is donate the farm truck to oh. WCQS. I'm donating. Wow. Yay. And 
Joe managed to get the license plate off of it. Oh. Maybe we'll talk about that next week because I know we're running long. We've been talking a long time. My goodness, yeah, we have. We always do. Uh, I will oh. talk to you soon. Yep, you too. Love oh. you. Love you. See Bye, ya. Y'all.